This is Scott Becker at the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm joined today by Editor-in-Chief Laura Deirda. Laura joins us weekly for short episodes on the core stories that she's watching closely. Laura, let me have you take it away. What are a couple of the stories that you're watching closely currently at Becker's Healthcare? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Scott. And, you know, one of the things that we've been hearing over and over again from health system executives and leaders is thing that is one of the most exciting things for them um, right now is also something that's making them incredibly nervous. And, and that's artificial intelligence. AI exploded over the last 18 months or so, especially with ChatGPT ushering in somewhat of a new era of capabilities to automate some of the repetitive tasks, as well as analyze data and generate more sophisticated chatbot communications and information about patients, whether it's clinical or, or their experience. And so we're really seeing a lot of health systems lean into bringing on AI, but there's also obviously clear risks with that, including trained biases, information security issues, accuracy, and more. And so many health systems are trying to figure out how they're going to develop their AI strategy, what governance looks like, whether they want to hire people with AI backgrounds or whether their team internally can train, whether they get partners. There's just a lot of different aspects of this that is going on. And definitely, too, um, one of the challenges that they're seeing is that there isn't a lot of guidance from the federal government or best practices around standardizing that governance for their particular organizations. Um, and, and in the last week, we saw UPMC and Class Research release a survey just looking at how health systems are trying to tackle it and um, deal with these AI issues. And it really showed that around 65% of health systems don't have a system-wide governance policy for AI use and data access. And another 19% just have board policies covering AI. And so there's a lot of room for interpretation um, leaving room for innovation, but also room for just challenges potentially going forward. Um, so it's just been interesting to see how a lot of organizations have that as top of mind for them, trying to navigate these really big issues, trying to figure out who's accountable for AI, how they're going to build that into their overall governance structure, continuous monitoring and developing, which is another thing, um, you know, when they're looking at these policies, they can't just develop a policy and leave it at that. It has to be continuing to evolve with the technology uh, and, and as the um, AI evolves. And so, you know, we're really interested in continuing to keep an eye on that and figure out how health systems are tackling some of these big problems and challenges. A lot of our, our sessions at the annual meeting in April um, will really feature some of the different health systems and how they've been navigating this rough terrain. And so I'm excited to learn more from them um, and really get a better understanding of where AI is headed in the future. No, it's fascinating. It strikes me as there's two big AI questions. Who to partner with? Who do you use as your AI partner? Uh, assuming most systems can't really do it internally just, but who to partner with? And then what areas to focus on? And, and I think those are two of the big AI questions that people are dealing with. And, and a fascinating piece, you're absolutely right. Everybody's looking at the AI strategies and looking at where could they use it to cut down many of tasks? Where could they use it to cut down a workload? Where could they use it to advance clinical? Where could they use it to advance business? I hear it in the supply chain. We hear it in revenue cycle. We hear it all over the place. People have to decide who are they partnering with and what areas are they working on? The two sort of big choices to start with. And you're absolutely right about governance and, 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 and watching it and so forth. So thank you. Laura, that's AI. We've touched on that. What are the next, what's the next big issue that you're following currently? Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Well, I, I think, you know, there are a lot of um, health systems today that, you know, again, um, are, are just really focused in on using technology and leveraging technology to help 
boost their workforce. And in, in particular, we've seen some really great examples over the last you know, 18 months or so of how they can bring in um, virtual care with nursing and how technology is really transforming the way that health systems are thinking about their nursing work force. Um, we've heard recently from Trinity Health in Michigan talking about their Together Team Virtual Connect Care program, um, which really uses a three-person team of nurses, one virtual and two on-site that's supported direct patient care um, in support of those bedside nurses. Right now, the program um, is live at 21 of the system's hospitals, covering around 1,900 beds and um, you know, CEO um, Mike Slabowski told us that these collaborative teams have really made a difference on how they're addressing patient care. They're seeing really great results in terms of engagement, reduced turnover time, improved quality and safety, as well as patient satisfaction with the care. Um, and so they're looking to scale that program throughout the system. And it, it's been exciting to see how really finding that sweet spot with the nurse staffing shortages, being able to have a virtual nurse, um, maybe, you know, nurses at the end of their career are staying on a bit longer and supporting the earlier career nurses at the bedside. Um, so that's one thing we're seeing. And then, too, we heard a similar story from um, Dr. Thomas Maddox, who is the Vice President of Digital Products and Innovation at BJC Healthcare in St. Louis, um, talking about the virtual nurses assisting bedside nurses on their inpatient responsibilities. The program at BHC right now is supporting nearly 5,000 inpatient admissions um, in through that program, they saw results including 100% HCAP scores for virtual nursing in the nurse courtesy respect category. Uh, additional um, bedside nurses got about 1,650 hours back for direct patient care because of the program. And then they were able to improve um, admission documentation rates greater than 85%. And so that's been um, significant for the health system as well as seeing a reduced uh, nurse turnover, voluntary turnover they're by around 6.4%, um, which is really important for the workforce. I know I hear over and over again from health system executives and leaders that being able to retain nurses and being able to retain the workforce really um, eases some of the strain on the labor budget, on having to constantly recruit and retain new staff, as well as you know, um, having those standard and stabilized teams um, really as part of the staff satisfaction and, and being able to have an overall great culture and workplace. And so you know, looking at that ability to mix the virtual nursing with the on-site nurses and help boost and support the way that the workforce is evolving in the healthcare space is something that we're continuing to keep an eye on and just excited to see how well that's been working um, and really strong improvements there. Thank you. I think that's such an important point. We're seeing these virtual nursing programs coincide with a couple different things. We're seeing a rebound in nursing numbers. There were just horrendous shortages during COVID. We're seeing those rebounds some to where the shortages aren't as bad. And second, this ability for some nurses to work remote, to work in a hybrid environment, makes it just so much more attractive in terms of trying to manage life and so forth to help, to help work with this nursing shortage. And it seems like it's really starting to pay dividends now as I see more and more systems roll it out and see improvements in their nursing ratios, in their, their, their sort of patient satisfaction, in their length of stay, and so forth. So it really seems like it's, it's really picking up steam in a positive way. Laura, I want to thank you. Two great topics today, AI and virtual nursing and, and the sort of evolution in these areas. Thank you for joining us again on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, Laura, just fantastic as always. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. It's always great to connect and talk through some of the big things that we're seeing and hearing about in healthcare. 
It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.